Good morning, everybody. Good to see your faces. You know, um, this is graduation season, and there's different kind of graduations. And uh, how many of you guys went to a graduation recently? Can you guys raise your hand, right? So, man, how many of you guys love the traffic? And uh, but like, uh, you get to see the kids that you love. You get to celebrate with your friends. Uh, but sometimes there's a challenge, right? But graduation really signifies a, it's a change of season, right? It's a sense of accomplishment, and that's why I think we love it. Um, you know, going up to the mainland, even for my daughter's graduation, right? Like, we made lays, we, we did what we could, and uh, you know, there's a little, there was even some chihus in, uh, in Oregon, right? So there's different things that happen. Um, but you know, just the fact that when you get to this place, that it's not the end, it's just the beginning, really, right? When you have this graduation, when you have this uh, season of a change. And so um, this morning, we're going to talk about the fact that generally the change, what God wants to do, is to bring a sense of promotion in us. It's an elevation, and everybody can experience this. This is not something, I am speaking, I'll just be honest, I am speaking it to the graduates, but it's more than the graduates. Because wherever you're at this morning, how many of you guys know there's another level? right? There's another level of our marriage, right? There's another level of our uh, sense of authority. There's another level of influence. There's another level of everything that you face. But, but sometimes it's couched in this aspect of promotion. And, and I, I heard this uh, funny story about uh, these three graduates that they, they all graduated from college and it was on the mainland. So they say, hey, let's just go down to Mexico and let's celebrate. And you know, that, to be honest, they couldn't really remember what happened. One thing leads to another. They're in jail. And when they wake up, they're, they're getting ready to get like executed, right? And so the first guy is strapped in the chair, right? And so he says, anything you want to say, any last words that we're going to give you before you you're, uh, before we pull the, the switch, here we flip the switch. He said, well, I just graduated from Bible college. I don't know what happened, right? But I know God's gracious, and, and I know he can deliver his, his followers. He can deliver his sons and his daughters, so I'm entrusting my life to him. And the guy goes, okay. And then they flip the switch, and nothing happens. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's, maybe it's God, right? So they, they kind of kneel down. They, 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 they say they're sorry, and they let him go. And the second guy walks up and he says, they sit him in the chair, they strap him in and he says, you have any last words? He said, well, you know, I just graduated from law school and, and I believe this is in real justice, but, but this is not just. If this is not just, God, would you deliver me? And, and so they say, okay, and then they flip the switch and nothing happens. And they say, oh, maybe this is not just. And so they unstrap the guy and they let him go. And then the last guy walks up, they strap him in and he says, you have any last words? He says, well, you know, I just graduated in engineering, and I can tell you something. You're not going to electrocute nobody till you plug that thing in, right? <laughs> and that's the difference between having an education and having wisdom, right? And uh, wisdom says, I don't say nothing, right? So uh, even Proverbs tells us, right, that a um, quiet man, a man who doesn't say, uh, is considered wise. And you would be alive as well. But, you know, in this aspect that we know there's more than promotion that's necessary. There's a wisdom that needs to come with it. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at that. There's, an, uh, there's three points we're going to look at, but a key point of it is found in Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 75, and we're going to read that together. Would you be kind enough to stand? Let's stand in reverence for God, in reverence for his word, and this is what it says. Let's read. Ready? Begin. For promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only God. He promotes one and deposes another. Now, uh, obviously, that doesn't mean that we don't have a human cooperation, right? That doesn't mean that we don't work hard. It doesn't mean that we don't, at times, strategize. It doesn't mean that we don't, um, you know, apply ourselves. But how many of you have applied yourself and worked hard, and then it, and, and it has amounted to nothing, seemingly, right? So we understand that God, promotion, it says, comes from God. And so God wants you to know that wherever you're at, that there's not only a, a, another level, but there's more that's in store. So before you're seated, just turn to your neighbor and just tell them there's another level because God wants to give you more. And then you can have a seat. 
Now more what, right? So some, some of you, to be honest, there's gonna be a recognition in what you do. You're gonna say, hey, you're, like we recognize that it's like employee of the month, or we recognize that, you know, like you're, you're leader on, on the board, you know, you get your name up in the back or whatever it is, and sometimes there's recognition. Sometimes there's income, right? Sometimes there's a, a, a raise, a bonus, a, a, a salary increase for those things. Sometimes it's influence. Sometimes it's authority. Sometimes there's more resources. Some of us, um, the, the promotion that God has is gonna be more staff. Anybody work where there's just not enough people, like there's too little people trying to get to too many jobs, right? And for sometimes it's, it's the fact that you go from, we, we wanna go from renting to owning, right? That there's things like that where it's a promotion that you, maybe you go from singleness to, to getting married, right? For some of you, you go from, from married to adding kids. Or maybe like the real big one is, that, uh, that you go from the pinnacle of your career to the thing of retirement. Ah, oh, no need to get up in the morning or, or the so early or whatever. But how many of us know that you can receive a promotion from God, but there's a backside to the promotion, right? Because to say yes to more recognition means that there's a price to pay with that. What does that mean? If you're more recognized, you know what you get? More interruptions, right? More emails or more texts or more phone calls that you gotta make. If you get more income, you get what? More taxes, right? <laughs> it's great to have more income, but you generally you pay more taxes. That, that when you have more resources, you know what? It takes more time to manage the resource. When you go from uh, renting to owning, then all of a sudden you don't just call somebody to fix the toilet, you learn how to fix the toilet, right? So there's a price to pay for all of the promotions that when you get married, you go from singleness to married life, then you gotta learn how to manage your selfishness, right? Because it's not just all about one person now, right? But it's two different people, two different backgrounds, two different tastes at times. How many of you married somebody that their taste is different than yours, right? Yeah. And the rest of you are liars because everybody is a little bit different, right? So, um, and, and so here's this aspect where you get more staff, you know what you got? more problems. The more people you get, there's more problems together, right? That if you, if you, what do you give up when you get kids? Sleep, you give up sleep. That's what happens when you, when, especially when they're real young, right? And when, when you get to retirement, that to be honest, would you know this, that you gotta manage, you still gotta manage your calling because you don't retire from your calling. You retire from a job or an occupation. But God still has a purpose and a plan for you. That you, when you retire, all of a sudden you just don't have a purpose. You still have a calling and a purpose. Now you just have to learn how to manage that. And, and, and time as well, because we're not called to just watch Korean drama or, or golf only, you know. The, there's more, there's still more life than that. And so this is how Jesus said that. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 12. In Luke 12, Jesus said this, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. We all wanna be given much, right? That, that, and there's nothing wrong with that, to want more. But just know that the other half of it is that there will be demands from us. And he says, and from one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Because there's a price to pray for promotion. And, and so for those of you who are graduating and, and, and moving in, and maybe, you know, I, we, last night we talked to somebody who, who's gonna start a brand new position on Monday, right? They're, they're gonna, sometimes it's that kind of a promotion that happens. It's like, and that she, she was saying that, you know, basically she didn't even meet the requirements. She didn't meet the, the education requirements, but you know what? God saw there was something in her, and you know what? They gave her the job, even though, right? So promotion comes from the Lord, we see. But, but there's gonna be a cost with that. And so if we're unaware of the cost, if we un don't understand that with promotion comes a price to be paid, then we're gonna be disappointed, right? Then all of a sudden, if, if that's the case, you know what happens? If you, you don't understand this, then you're gonna come with starry eyes and you're gonna receive this, but then all of a sudden what was a blessing can feel like a curse because you don't realize it requires a little bit more from you, right? So this is why we're doing it, because we wanna have wisdom as we handle God's promotion. So that I said three points this morning. Uh, the first point is this, that promotions aren't the end, but they're part of God's development plan. I don't care what promotion you get, that's not the whole goal of your life. 
but God's still developing you. He's still forming Christ in you, and he will use your occupation. He will use your season of life. He will use the relationships that tie, in, uh, tie you uh, together. He's gonna use all of those things to grow you, one, to be more like his son Jesus, but also there are things for you to do in life. You know, in, in Ephesians 2.10, it says this, that, that God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Let's just say those words, good works, right? There's good things that God has you installed on earth that things that you will do that I won't do, right? There's some things that only you can do, no one else. Your, your spouse can't do it, your friends can't do it, your kids can't do it, your parents can't do it you're gonna be called to do it. And God's using all of these things, even promotions, right, even more influence, even at times more authority, more income, whatever it is, that he's gonna use that so that you can step into that next phase. And so promotion brings a new season, but we gotta learn that there's an entailment to that. It's gonna mean that we gotta continue to grow, right? It's gonna mean that we're gonna have to sharpen our skills. We're gonna learn how to have to manage our time better. We're gonna have to learn some new things that, um, you know, I'm not a technologically sharp guy. I, you know, like when I don't like upgrades a lot of times in, um, you know, computer systems, you know why? Because I already know how to use the old thing. Now I gotta learn the new shortcuts. I gotta like, where's that thing on the bar or whatever it is. But you always learn something new. It's, it might be frustrating, but at the end, you're, you're just a little sharper. I, and why does God want us to do that? Because he says, then that makes you more effective. And it doesn't matter where you are in life, what your occupation is, but whatever you do, he says, um, do it to the best of your ability in, in general, right? You know, my, my dad, my parents used to say this, that Glenn, you can be anything you want in life, right? Um, my grandma said, yeah, you can do whatever you want, doctor or lawyer, right? you choose, whatever you want, right? <laughs> so that's my grandma, because you know, my uncles were doctors and, and my grandpa's brother was a lawyer, but my dad said, no, you can be whatever you want. He says, even if you're gonna be the garbage man, just be what? the best garbage man there is, right? It's like, so maybe that's my dad's generation that would say that. So this is how the scriptures say it. This is how the apostle Paul said it from God, says this, whatever you do, let's say that, whatever you do, right? Do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And for some of us, to be honest, you guys don't like who you work for, right? I mean, we're just, we're just really being honest for some of us, right? That you don't like who you work for. This is what God says. You can keep your job and change your boss, right? Because some of you work for that person. But God says this, stay in that job, just work for me. If you don't wanna do it for your boss, don't do it for your boss. Do it for Jesus, right? That when you serve your coworker, maybe some of you, you don't like your coworker. Right? Because they rub you the wrong way, they mock you, they tease you, or whatever. You're the low man on the totem pole, they give you all the junk jobs. You don't want to do the junk jobs, I understand. But this, instead of serving him, seven serving them, this is what he's saying. Serve me, that's what God's saying, right? So you can stay in your job, change your boss. He says, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is who? The Lord Christ you are serving, right? Now this is what happens as you be willing to grow, learn some new skills, learn some new things, you get a little better at something. He says that there's promotion. That's a natural thing. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. And it, it says this is a part of what God wants for all of us that, that we don't just stay the same, right? God loves us just as we are. Isn't that awesome, right? God loves us just as we are, but what's the other part of that? That he never wants us to stay as we are, right? That, that there's always a, there's a better you out there somewhere, right? You guys, there's a better me, right? Because we can see that at times. In Ecclesiastes, he says this though, that it, it requires sometimes a sharpening. He says, if the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. I haven't wielded an ax much, but I, I'll use a knife, right? You guys, any, you guys like to cook? Have you guys ever tried to like cut something with a dull knife? You ever try to 
cut raw taco with a dull knife. It's like you're, you're just rolling rubber on the thing, right? It doesn't cut nothing, right? And when it's dull, you can put all the effort in the world. But here's the danger of that, that they said that the most accidents, the most cuts you'll have is because you're dealing with a f dull knife, not a sharp knife, right? You see, when the knife is sharp, you don't need to put that much pressure because it's, it's not supposed to be the power of your arm that's cutting, it's the, it's the sharpness of the blade. Right? So he's saying the same thing. It's like if, if you're feeling, man, I'm always working harder and harder and it requiring more, this is what God's saying. Would develop your skill, develop some aspect, spiritual skill, right? Um, a people skill, a technical skill, uh, you know, a, a, a skill that's, you know, a, a craft skill. And he's saying that all of a sudden, then it'll, it'll help you to be more successful in that. And if we're, if we're dull, then we gotta be sharpened, right? Sometimes that's that aspect. Now, in order for that to happen, for God to develop us, that there is a price, right? And so, um, how many of us know that the secret to living um, a, a fruitful life isn't just to add more all the time? Right, because we all have a limit on how much of our plate that we have. Right, we have if our life is like a plate, there's only so much that you can put on it. Right, because after all, what happens? It starts to slide off. And so, if your life feels full and God is calling you, like, and He's going to promote you, sometimes it's scary, isn't it? Because it's like I'm already handling at my max of capacity. And so this is the, the principle that he says, the price is sometimes when God adds to your life, you gotta take something out of your life. Isn't that true? That when you say yes to something, then all of a sudden now, you're gonna have to say no to other things. Because you can't just keep saying yes, 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 yes to everything and be a people pleaser. You're gonna go crazy. You're gonna lose your joy, right? You're gonna just start resenting people. You're gonna start resenting your job, right? Because the thing is that some of us that we say yes every single time in our job and we start resenting our job, but the responsibility is with us at times to say I would love to, but I can't at this moment, right? So don't just like, don't just tell your boss, no, I'm not gonna do them, right? Don't say it like that, right? Just, you make your case, right? So that I can do this or I can do this, but I don't think I can do both at the same time, right? So we need, if you're in that place, that's a skill. Learning to communicate with your authorities, right? That this is a skill sometimes maybe our younger people need to learn how to have an ability to communicate with the people who lead you. Because if you just don't say anything, you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know what they expect? It means that it's all good, right? And then when it, it fails, you wonder, you, you sometimes go, I got blamed, but they just kept adding and adding because we needed to have that skill, right? Now here's this aspect. What's the price that you pay is that you leave something behind. And so Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians. Can we read this together? Ready? Let's read. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And so we can think like a child and talk like a child and reason like a child. The children have a, a different kind of a logic and a reason, right? Like when I was a kid, uh, my dad said, oh, what, if you could have anything, what would you like? And I said, dad, I want a pony. Dad, can we have a pony? We lived in Wahiwa, 5,000 square foot lot, right? It's like, and my dad's logic, next logic is adult logic is, where are you gonna put the pony? In the backyard? Like, there's not that much space. He says, oh, it'll be good enough, right? Like, who's gonna take care? I'll take care of it. That's children logic. How many of you guys got a dog or a cat or something at home because the kid said, I'll take care of it? How many of you guys taking care of that dog or that plant, right? Because children logic is, no, I'll do it, right? So children's logic is will overpromise, underdeliver. That's children's logic. Yeah, over, I get them, I dot it. No, 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 I'll do it. I'll do my homework first, Dad. I'll, I'll do it, it just, if we just let me go out play with my friends now, right? So they'll overpromise and they'll underdeliver. And so this is what we need to leave behind, is we need to leave behind, he's saying, childish ways, right? That we leave behind 
our immaturity. That's what he's calling us to do. You know, in our house, that we often had kids over at our house, whether it's the sleepover, my sons or my daughter, uh, their friends, and we, we loved it when their friends came over, right? The only, our only requirement was that if you come in, you know, you guys make something, or you know, sometimes we cook, sometimes they're cooking something, and do whatever, it's like, that's fine, but just don't leave what? Just don't leave the mess, right? And so we, we just said, that's not, not a problem. So you have your friends over, but you're responsible for your friends. Right, you're responsible for your friends. So you have to teach them whatever the rules in our house. I have very simple rules. I can tolerate, to be honest, because if you ever saw my office, I can tolerate paper. I can tolerate extra papers. That's me, too bad, that's my bane of my existence. But, but you know what I cannot tolerate? Food on the floor, right? I cannot tolerate that. I cannot tolerate crumbs on the floor. I just don't want to have like roaches or ants or whatever it is. So what is my requirement? It's like, hey, you got to clean up. And you know what? Just, can you guys just vacuum afterwards? I don't really care, right? And so this is what will happen. Inevitably, I've come in and it's like, did you guys, hey, that was good that, you know, I'm coming home. He says, they're still sleeping sometimes. And it's like, hey, did you guys clean up? You go, yeah, we cleaned up. And then what, inevitably, I come in. Crumbs on the floor, right? <laughs> you know, and, and here's the thing is that Sometimes then we'll ask him, what happened? He goes, and what is the thing? It's not my fault, right? Why? This is, it's not my fault. What's my, sometimes it's, my friend did it. Like they, and I said, well, what would we say, right? It's like, you're responsible for your friends when they come over. You have to tell them the rules of our house. They don't know, right? Maybe they should know certain things, but, right? And sometimes this is what you'll say. It's like, uh, ask your kids, like, how's school going? Oh, it's good, good, it's fine. And they go like, you, you, you're keeping up? Yeah, keeping up. And then you see the report card and you go like this. I, I don't know what is your definition of fine, but this is not your, my definition of fine. And then this is sometimes I've heard this. Oh, it was the teacher's fault because he didn't tell me because I, you guys know what I mean? Like they, they have all these excuses and sometimes it even gets told turned on me it's like no no you didn't tell me I needed to do it by this time right is the reason and so this is what it means to to leave childish ways behind is instead of blaming others I embrace responsibility right I embrace responsibility I, I don't you know I don't push it off on on somebody else you know and, and and it's driven home to me and you guys hear me say it from time to time I just know this that um, from time to time, I don't always agree. I know it's hard to believe, but sometimes my wife and I, we see something differently and we don't always agree on something, right? But you know what I know is that no matter what the disagreement, no matter what that issue is, when I stand before God, one day I'm gonna stand before God and he's gonna ask me, why did you treat your wife like this? Or why did you not do this thing? If he, if he asked me that, you know what, I'm not gonna be able to say, Lord, it was the woman you gave me. That's the, that's the, that was Adam's thing, right? Like he couldn't embrace responsibility. But uh, I, I'm gonna just be accountable for that. And so for, for all of us is that, that no matter what, you know, like all, as mature as many of you are, there's always a little bit of, of us that still has to grow, still has to be developed that there's a tendency, like I take responsibility, but every once in a while, it's his fault, right? Every once in a while, it's their fault. And so this is what I said, just embrace responsibility. Sometimes it's, it's not just for the things that you do, but here's the biggest one. Embrace the responsibility for your own attitude, right? Embrace the responsibility for your own attitude. Some of us, we work in environments, it's not the most encouraging environments. And so it's easy to just, I just put my head down and just kind of like, you know, don't stand out because I don't want to, the thing that gets stand out, that that's the one that gets yelled at or whatever it is. But, but here's the part, it's like, well, they're not encouraging there. They're not positive. But you know what? Take responsibility for your own attitude, right? Because the, this is one of the things that I've, I've learned is that moodiness is not a spiritual gift. You ever notice that? Like, moodiness is not a spiritual gift. It's not, it doesn't say it's like, you know, there's helps and work, you know, uh, healing and, and, you know, like there's, but I never saw moodiness. And, and you know, the, some, some of us that when we go, that there's a challenge that we get moody in certain situations and we all can. And, and so this is what I understand. When I sense that, it's like, if something's not 
you know, um, operating the way, I just, I just want to have a spirit of an overcomer. I want to be able to say, hey, let's, let's look to solve problems and, and fix problems, not just fix the blame, right? So sometimes we got to hammer out responsibilities and all that kind of stuff, but let's just, you know, not let it devolve, right? Don't let your, don't let your family life devolve into finger pointing, right? Because let's embrace be responsibility for our attitude. Sometimes for our kids and who are moving into that next phase, you gotta embrace the fact that you're, they're not a consumer any longer, right? But they're a participant or a contributor, right? Or a producer, right? So there's this next aspect. So we have to leave childish things behind. But it, you won't do it if you're always blaming somebody else, right? If we cannot take responsibility for my actions and my attitudes. So I think it starts there. So do me a favor, let's just turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and says, just smile, right? And you know what, just say, I'm responsible for my attitude at home. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you guys, you live by yourself, so you know, I mean, to be honest, there's nobody you can blame anyway, but, um, but you can blame the dog or the cat, I don't know, but, um, and here's the thing is that there is this price to pay because God is actually developing our character along the way. It's great to have new skills and there is a skill. There's relational skill. There's emotional uh, intelligence skills, right? So there's great. There's things that are necessary as well as technical skills. But the biggest thing God's trying to grow is this character part of us, right? And, um, you know, I know a lot of folks that when, you know, they, they're praying and praying and they, they want it, then they find the one, right? And then the, you can tell the ones who, who've just found the one because they walk around, starry eye And you ask them, hey, how's the, your boyfriend or how's your girlfriend? Oh, they're great. They're so perfect or whatever. It's like, well, you mean they don't have any faults? No, they're, they're, they're perfect. I was just thinking, you eat it on drugs or you're really in love, right? But like, <laughs> The, the thing is that, because then nobody's perfect, but this is what brings that, is when you live together, right? And then you get married, and all of a sudden, then, you know, if we are not developing a character, right, then that's when that thing that was the greatest blessing can feel like a curse. Because we're not growing in our character. Because there's gonna be times that we're gonna have to deny ourselves, right? That, that sometimes the world says this, don't worry what? Be happy, right, and, and so, and sometimes it's not just, you cannot just throw all your responsibilities away, but you still gotta deal with stuff, and, and my parents used to tell me, Glenn, all we want for you to do is to be happy, you know, and I try to make myself happy, and many of us in this room have lived to make ourselves happy, and the greatest result was what? We became more miserable than ever. Why, because it's a, it's a never-ending thing. The, the point of your uh, life, if you're you know, growing up here right now, my hope is not that you're always happy because you're, you're not gonna be. I hope that's not your goal. I, I hope you have a goal to be a person of substance, that you're gonna be a person of character, right? Because a person of character can be happy. I'm more happy today than I ever was as an unbeliever. I am, there's just, it's hands down. Right? And no, no drugs in, involved, right? No, no, none of that stuff involved. But here's the thing, it's because I grew in character. And you know what they say? That people are the happiest, not in their 20s, not in their 30s, right? They're, they're saying that generally people are happiest from 50s plus. You know why? Because we got the biggest, character flaws beat out of us by, the, I don't know what, but, but something happens because there's a maturity though that happens along the way. And we don't start getting so worried about everything else. And so um, there's, let me give you some, I said three points, but there's three points under the third point. And so how do you grow in character, right? How do you grow in character? First I think is this, just learn to be faithful in the small things. Learn to be faithful in the small things. Now, I know this goes against our coffee mug slogans. How many of you guys have a coffee mug at home? Right? And generally, it's not just, I mean, you have, might have the plain white one or the plain black one or whatever, but a lot of times we have a saying on it, right? Like, what's some sayings that you guys have on your coffee mug? 
Oh, okay, yeah. It's like, a, yeah, or I, I've, I've seen uh, some that says, yeah, don't, don't talk to me till I've had another cup or whatever, right? I see, see all those kinds of things, right? But we, we have some of that got the world's greatest, you know, whatever husband, world's greatest mom, world's greatest wife or whatever. But I've, I've seen this, don't sweat the what? small things right so and, and it's it's good right so and i'm not saying that we don't you know and i've seen another one that says this by the way everything's small right they say that now the reality is yeah we got to prioritize sometimes but jesus says the opposite actually right he says the opposite because he says in luke 16 he says whoever can be trusted with what very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with what very little will also be dishonest with much so some people that we you know i only have a little bit of money so i don't need to be responsible because it's just i just just blow it but because we just feel like what's the point it's only a little bit but this is what he's saying that if you cannot handle the little then you you cannot handle when they get more, right? So most of us think that just having more is gonna solve our financial problems, but that's not, that's not the case. Because one of the things that I worked in sales before, and you know what I realized is that, that the more you make, the more what? The more you spend, the more you want, right? And so, so often, and as a missionary, I was a missionary for nine years, and what you do is you raise your own budget, right? Like my budget, when I did it, like graduated from high school, $11,000 a year. I was rolling in the leg of a nut, but, but you know what, I had to raise that. And you know, sometimes the most generous people, well generally, the most generous people we're not the guys with the highest income. And one guy told me once, he said, I'd love to support you, but I, I was gonna buy a new boat, right? I gotta buy a new boat and get bigger engine and we can go out farther and this and this. And I just smiled, I said, hey, God bless you, we'll pray for that, right? Whatever, it's like inside, I was thinking, a boat, right? Like I was thinking, like, I'm trying to raise my budget for reach kids for, you know, on the college campus. But, but the thing is, it's because it's not the big, Right? It's like he's saying it's the little things sometimes. It starts with the little things. Now, what does it mean to be faithful in small things? Is sometimes it's it's not what is little to you that you gotta pay attention. It's uh, I mean sorry, it's not what you think is little, it's sometimes what other people think is important. Because sometimes you think, right? Sometimes you think that when your boss tells you something and he focuses on something, that's not that big it's not that important. You guys ever do that? Or like your wife tells you something or your husband tells you something. You go, uh-huh, uh-huh, but inside you're thinking, no big deal, like, I'm not even worried about that, right? But if you wanna have more peace in your home, you wanna have more peace at work, that when somebody tells you something is important, even if you don't think it's important, if you pay attention to that, you know what is gonna happen? Generally speaking, they're happy you're satisfied right so because why don't why didn't my kids vacuum that time we didn't think it was a big deal I thought it was a big deal because I thought food on the floor is a big deal dried crumbs is a big deal to me and so th this is what God says sometimes you're gonna look at a person oh, they're not a big deal uh, they don't have the money to to buy this thing right they, you're, you're, if you're a salesperson you know what they say sales people look at to determine if you have money? Your watch and your shoes, right? Your watch and your shoes. Why, because generally, if the guy's rocking a 12 grand watch and he's, he's wearing like $500, $600 shoes, even if he has like a bottle t-shirt, you know that guy has money, right? Now, if he saw my son, he's gonna be fooled because my son has my father-in-law's Rolex watch, but he don't have that kind of money, right? But, um, but here's the thing is that if you treat sometimes people like a little thing, ah, I don't need that guy. You know what? Sometimes this is what Jesus is saying. No, that's a big thing. You think it's a little thing. Be faithful in the little things. It's how you treat the people. Sometimes it's how we treat the people who, who serve us. And I'm guilty of this. Like when I go to, when I go to the coffee shop, when I, you know, the guy who, you know, takes the ticket for the car wash. So it's, uh, but you know, it's, he said this, it's a little. 
be faithful, treat everyone well, right? And so in that, then he's saying this, then you're gonna, what you're gonna do? When you have people close around you, you'll be trained how to treat them well, right? And being, treating people well isn't mean I just do everything they tell me, because sometimes that's not the case, right? We need to kind of hash things out, prioritize, but, but start with, sometimes the thing you think is little, Jesus says it's not that little. And people, can you say, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and just say, people are not little things. Yeah, yeah. people are not, because some of us, you know, like we're, if we're really honest, I, I've have, I have friends that, I met them before they were believers. They, could give me the, they couldn't give me the time of day, because it wasn't important to them, right? Yeah, I was still pastor, I was doing this kind of, but like he wasn't interested. Now it's a different story. You know what I mean? And so sometimes that you're responsible to people and not for people, like your coworkers, you're responsible to them, you're not responsible for them. And some of us, we have people we're responsible for. But, but we, we need to be able to deal with these little things because we're really developing trustworthiness, right? We're really developing trustworthiness. Uh, anybody? <laughs> and maybe this is a local thing too, but like I, I've talked with some people, we're developing leaders and we got projects going on. And I said, how are you doing on this? Are, are, are you, do you have everything you need? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, how's it going? I said, are, how's the progress? I said, I get them, I get them, I get them. Right? And then this is what happened. Then it was, okay, hey, can you just kind of turn over your part of the project? And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, not, not ready yet. You know what I learned at that point? When he says, I get him, I get him, I get him, doesn't mean I got him, I got him, I got him, <laughs> right? right? And so I just, like all of a sudden now, I have to manage at a different level. Because if you told me you got it and you got it, we're all good. I don't really care in some sense how you got that part done. But if it's not, what happens? Now I have to kind of delve a little deeper. Now I have to, can you show me what you got? Can you tell me what the, I don't wanna have to do that, but like, if that's what happens, I have to do that, right? That makes sense? And so when we're faithful in the little things, you know, then we'll get much. That the more freedom, you be faithful in the little things, your boss doesn't have to oversee you as much. That when we learn to anticipate the things that are needed, not just all the things that were said in passing, but sometimes it's just to give you a picture. Now this part I'm telling, a lot of times they're telling the college guys, they're telling the high school people or graduates or whatever because sometimes that we're waiting to be told exactly what to do. But if you can anticipate and not be waiting to be told exactly what to do, when there's time for a promotion, guess who's gonna get promoted? Not the person who's just waiting, oh, I don't know, they never say nothing, they're just gonna hang in the break room. Or the guy who, you know what, he, he organized something, he cleaned something. Who's gonna get promoted? The person who's already basically showing initiative, right? And God's saying the same thing. God's saying the same thing, that we get promoted because of those kinds of things. And to be honest, part of it is, like here, it's a big thing for us. It's a big thing for us. And if you're in a part of the church at any, uh, for any length of time, I hope that you can feel that we'll never ask you to do something we're not willing to do, right? Any leader who asks you to do something that we're, we're trusting that they're, they've learned and they're passing on, they're not gonna ask you to do something they're not willing to do. And there's, it's, it's not saying this, oh, um, I'm gonna ask Naoko I, I, to play the piano, or that I'll play the piano. Believe me, you don't want me playing the keyboard, but, <laughs> But it's the, the aspect of serving, right? The aspect of doing that kind of a thing. You know, somebody, um, we were talking once and, and they said, well, you know, they were gonna do this thing and they were gonna take the offering. I said, and well, I don't know what to say when I, I take the offering. I said, just say, just say why you give, right? And just say why you tithe. And the person told me, uh, well, I, I don't give and I don't tithe. Well, maybe they give, but, and I just said this. Well, you know what? Then it's better that you don't say it. I'll, I'll do that then. You know why? Because we never want to, someone who asks and leads to take the tithe who is not doing it. Why is that called? Integrity. Because there needs to be a reasonable sense that what we show on the outside, what we say we do, 
is reflected on the inside, isn't it? And, and so part of the confidence comes because we know people have integrity. And, and so that's just that part. And so the same with God. Now, when that happens and promotion happens, uh, sometimes what God sees as a promotion doesn't feel like a promotion. And so sometimes how God's bringing us forward feels like a reversal. And so, or it looks like it, or maybe it is a temporary reversal because none of us just did this straight, right? That many of us, we, we've gotten performance reviews that haven't been the best at times, right? You, you haven't always knocked it out of the park, possibly. And so this is the second thing in this point, is you gotta learn to be resilient in God. Learn to be resilient in God. That when you take your knocks, when you get discouraged, when you get a negative review, you know, like uh, some of us, you get a negative Yelp thing, or you get a, like a, a review of your Amazon seller, and you get like an unhappy one star, this and this and this, that you gotta learn how to, how to be resilient in God. And I say resilient in God because sometimes it's just, I see people get in a battle, like it's like somebody said something negative, like you, you were just the most horrible customer or whatever, like it's crazy, right? But like we have to learn at times that when somebody's throwing a rock at you verbally, that we don't throw rocks back, right? I, I've had that happen this week. Somebody was saying, you know, like whatever, like negative thing. Somebody texted me like it is negative thing. It's like, man, da, 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 da. And I just said, you know, there's a part of me that was like, well, you don't know how much we've done for you. Like, right, this, this thing. And as, instead, this is what I said. I, I just said, hey, you know, I can see you're upset. Call me when you're ready. Right? Because I, I had mentioned call me, and then all of a sudden I got this like, what is this? You know what I felt like doing? I felt like justifying myself in the first. I felt like telling all the shortcomings, right? And I didn't do that. What's the point in that? Like, I left childish things behind. <clears throat> so here's, I just said that. I just said, hey, you know, I can see you're upset right now. Call me when you're ready. And I think learn to be resilient in God because part of that is God has a grace for you. You know, because I don't always feel godly. You guys ever know what I'm talking about? For some of you, it's when you drive, right? For, for some of you, it's, you know, after dinner when somebody doesn't clean up their plate, right? For, it doesn't matter, but we don't always feel godly. But we, how we respond is more than what my initial reaction might be. Because you can always have an initial feeling of a reaction, but it's what you choose that makes all the difference in the world. So be resilient in God. So that... We're, we're not gonna say like, well, why do I have to do this with this person? Why do I have to? You know, Paul the Apostle had a thorn in his flesh, right? And um, anybody, you guys got a splinter before? You know what I'm talking about, right? We've all had, a, or maybe you've been to the beach, you even, you stepped on a, you had slippers, but you stepped on a keave thorn. I don't know if you guys, man, that thing will go right through your slipper, right? Will that kill you? It's, it won't, but it's painful, isn't it? It might bleed, actually, right? But thorns won't kill you, but they are painful. And, and they might hinder the way that you walk. I've stepped on thorns, and it's the next thing. I, I cannot put my heel down because it's sore, right? Now, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. It wasn't going to kill him, but it was painful. And it, this didn't come from God. It came from the enemy. And so this is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given what? A thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We don't know exactly what this is. Some people, you know, theorize it was Paul's, like his, his failing eyesight, because like in some manuscripts, in some books, he says, see with what large letters are right, because he cannot see good, so he has to write big. Or, or some people say it's because he was beaten uh, so many times and scourged so many times uh, that he had maybe arthritic problems, like uh, anybody have a joint issue, right? So he's saying, and God, because he has pain, we don't know what it is, was it a kind of a hard relationship but it says what was the natural thing he says God would you take it away I, he says how many times did he pray for that three times three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me but he said to me what 
my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so, the power of Christ, so that Christ's power may rest on me. When you have a thorn, the purpose that the enemy has is to get you so discouraged to quit your calling, quit your job, quit your marriage, right? Quit your ministry, right? It just, just quit. Just discourage you because it's, it's, it's a little painful. It, and it's not gonna kill you, but it's uncomfortable. And maybe you pray about it. Lord, help me in this relationship. Help me in this job. Help me in this thing. And sometimes God will take it away, right? Sometimes he changes the situation and sometimes he wants to change us. How does he do this? He says, I have a grace for you. You know what God was actually saying to Paul? I know this is painful, but it's causing you to lean into me in such a way, I love how you're praying more. I love how you're trying to be more patient. I love how you're trying to persevere through this thing. And that, even though that came from the enemy, I can use that because it's making you more like me, right? And, and so, Paul said it like that in the very beginning of the book. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired, what? Of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. I mean, we thought we were gonna die. But can we read that last line together? Ready? Let's read. Where, where is that? <laughs> I think that. Uh, okay, sorry. But this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And so that's what he's trying to get us to do. Don't do it in your power, do it in his power, right? Don't do it in your strength, right? Do it in his strength. That you can have, you can be confident, but be confident in God. Don't, don't trust to do it in your flesh, do it in the spirit, right? If you, there's times that, man, I gotta pray and I gotta say, God, I gotta go into this meeting and I don't wanna do it. Would you just empower me to do it? Because I don't have it, right? I don't, I wanna flip out. If this guy says this, I'm gonna wanna flip out on him. But God, would you help me? I'm just honest, right, at times. And so this is the aspect, that's what he's saying. And so, so God said this, and you know what? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That we're not trusting in just your strength. So when you take a new job and you get promoted and you have a new influence or you get married or you have kids, don't just do it in your love. Don't just do it in your power. He's saying, do it in God's power. To be honest, I don't know how people do married life together apart from Jesus. I don't, know, I don't know how people raise kids in this world apart from Jesus. Because I just don't have all that strength myself. Maybe I'm weak. Maybe I'm weak. But you know what? This is what Paul said. But when I'm weak, when I'm trusting in God, there's a strength that's greater than me. Right? How many of us need that kind of a strength? Amen? Here's the last one. This is the last one. Is that we always want what we want when? When we want it, right? That you want the help from someone, when? Like, oh, in two years you can help me. No, we, we want the help now, right? But here's, here's the thing, that you gotta learn to trust in God's timing. Because sometimes God's timing is not my timing. You know, sometimes when I wanna go to the next level, it's not in my timing, it's, it's gonna be in God's timing. You know, Joseph was 17 years old. Um, he was the son of Jacob, right? One of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, he had these dreams, and he had this sense that, that there was promotion for him, that there was something greater. He was gonna have great influence. And it manifested in these dreams that, that, like, uh, that they, were, they were harvesting wheat, and they, they put all the wheat bundles together. And, and, and all his brothers, Right? And even his parents, and all, he said, all your guys' wheat bowed to my wheat. And dad was like, what? 
<laughs> right? And all the stuff, all the stars in heaven and the moon and the, the sun. And, and, and they bowed to me and it's like, right, you know, an eagle problem, my son, <laughs> right? Like, but there was, it was God on him. Now, maybe the way he handled it wasn't the best, but he knew something was in him that was saying that there's going to be, God's going to do something in my life. I hope you have that sense. God's going to do something in my life. Because he wants to. He, he does want to do that. He didn't handle it well. His brothers got jealous. And so the next thing they did, after he told them about these dreams, is they tossed them in a pit. You guys remember the story? And they sell them as a slave. But you know what? God was actually moving him to his greater influence, right? He's going to be the second command of the most powerful nation in that part of the planet, right? He got, he went from Israel to Egypt in one fell swoop. It looked like a reversal, but you know what? That was God's promotion. But he was in a slave. But what happened? It says, the, there's this little phrase that's the, in that Joseph story. Then in all those things, he, he gets a slave, he gets sold, he, he, he rises up, he gets thrown in jail, right? He gets falsely accused. That sucks to be falsely accused. I know what that's like. But you know what the phrase is? But the Lord was with him. So even when he was a slave, then he rises. And then he gets the false, he gets in prison. But the Lord was with him and he starts rising in prison. And it's at that point that, that because he's now from, from Israel to Egypt, a slave, then in jail, but then he goes into the Pharaoh's jail. It's in that place because he was faithful. He didn't think it was too small a thing to interpret a dream for the baker and the wine steward, right? That the king's wine steward. It wasn't a thing. He was in prison. Where was he going to go? He can interpret the dream. The Lord spoke to him. So I can, I can speak into that. It's that little thing that led him to get out of the big hole he was in. He wouldn't have ever really thought and it says, would you remember me when you get out? Tell me about the king. And he said, yeah. Oh, sure, sure. He went. He promised. I get him. I get him. I get him. But it says this. He totally forgot about Joseph in prison. Till several years later, when the king had dreams that disturbed him. And it says at that point, the guy remembered. And it's at that point that he got elevated. 13 years later. 13 years later. Some of us, we've been waiting for something 13 hours and we're impatient already, <laughs> right? Some of us, we've been waiting 13 weeks for your delivery of an appliance and we're super, super impatient, <laughs> right? Uh, and maybe some of us, we're in 13 years. And some of us are gonna wait longer for certain kinds of things. But some, this is what we just understand. God's timing is not always my timing. But even in those moments that it seemed like a reversal, God was bringing him somewhere because he was growing in his character. He was laying aside some of the immaturity he had when he told his dad and his brothers that he, he laid that aside. He was a more godly individual. He, he did the little things in prison he, when it didn't seem to benefit him, right? But this is what happened at the end. That's how God could promote him. And that's what God wants to do at you and me in the various forms, in the various places that we're at, in the various seasons of our life, he's saying this, there's still more. Yeah. Amen? Let's bow our heads, we'll close in a word of prayer. Father, um, this morning, we're thankful that, Lord, you don't just bless us once in life and tell us, just be happy that you did something good. Or like when we got saved. Lord, that's the greatest gift we understand. But Lord, we have a full life that we need to live because of that gift. And Father, we're thankful that right now, that just right where you're at, you just maybe take a stock in your own life. Are there some things you can be grateful for? Right? Are there some things that are challenging you right now? Do you have a thorn right now? Is there a person in your life? Maybe it's painful. And maybe you've asked God to take it away or fix this thing. But can you understand that? Would you just ask God, God, would you just 
If you're not going to take it away, would you give me the grace? Would you give me the grace to endure it? Or you give me the grace to attend to it? Because, Father, it's not just getting the promotions in our life. It's, being, it's paying the price because we don't all pay it at one time. These are things that we will pay daily. We pay it in installments. And so, Father, would you help us to, to change our attitude and to change our actions, maybe, to lay aside some of the immaturity. If there's, a, if there's an attitude that, to be honest, God says, frankly, your attitude sucks. <laughs> Would you just confess that to him and say, God, would you help me change this attitude? Father, we are grateful. You never leave us alone. Thank you that you're with us always. Even when my attitude sucked, even when I, I was stuck in this thing, that you never leave me. Father, thank you for your forgiveness today. Thank you for your grace today. But Lord, help me to have eyes and a vision with faith. I say, Lord, that, that you're leading me forward. There's greater influence somewhere. There's, greater, there's going to be a greater income somewhere. There's going to be a greater responsibility and greater stewardship more and, and all of those things. Lord, for some of us, we're praying for an expansion in our family. Father, we're thankful that, that there's some that's been challenging. It's been painful. But Lord, would, would, you, would you make their efforts fruitful? Father, would you bring life, Lord, uh, to this couple? We're thankful for that. But Father, thank you. It's because of you and the nearness of our God that is our good. So Lord, I just invite you in to lead me and guide me in my career, in my relationships today, uh, in my ministry today. God, where, wherever we are, we're just, would you just lead me today? Would you fill me today? And in those moments where I don't have the strength, God, I am really depending on your power. Christ in me, Lord, Christ in me, not I who live, but I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And fill me with your spirit. And with our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you've never, you know, if all you've had is just you in life, if all you've had is just you, you might know some, some successes, but I'm gonna guess, even in your bid to try to make yourself happy, you know what it's like to not really be happy. And sometimes we can smile on the outside and feel empty on the inside. But this is what God says, because you, you, you weren't meant to do it by yourself. You were meant to do it with God. God wants you to live life with Him, in a relationship with Him. And if that's you this morning, you're saying, you know, if, if God, you want me, if God, if you really want me, and, and you know all about me, if you really know all that stuff, and you can forgive me, then I want you. This is what God says, come. He says, come. He says, ask me. And then he says, I will not say no. He says, no one who comes to me will he turn away. And we're going to pray a very simple prayer just by saying, God, we just recognize today. You might not have always wanted. It's not a hypocritical thing to say, you know what? I'm never becoming a Christian. I, I don't keep your religion to yourself. But then now to say, Jesus, I need you. It's not hypocritical. You know what you call it? Growth. Maturity. That's what that's called called insight now so if you're saying that don't let the devil tell you you're being a hypocrite you're not you're just growing we're going to pray that simple prayer would you join me lord jesus thank you for seeing me thank you for understanding me thank you for understanding me more than i understand myself and today i recognize i need you i've sinned i've made my mistakes i've rebelled but thank you, Jesus died in my place. Would you come live inside me today? Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your presence. And lead me in this journey of life with you. Would you be my God? 
Would you be my savior? Would you be my shepherd and my leader? And would you bring people around me? So in this journey, there were some who can give me help in my time of need, and some I will help in their time of need. And open your word so I can understand your will and your ways. And I say this now so you can hear me, that I can hear myself, that Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. And today, I give myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopecapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.